0: you may be in the pursuit of, uh, you know, you may be on a path pursuing one thing and it may lead you to something totally different, but that only happens when you're in forward motion. Um, Mm -hmm. You you know, God can just amaze you with, you know, like, like we're gonna talk about fountain in just a minute. That was the result of me pursuing something completely different. But I believe that God ordained my steps that it would be I I didn't even know what Fountain was, it wasn't even an idea in my mind, but because I was pursuing growth and pursuing doing something, it led me to this other path. So I would just say that, stay hungry.
1: Welcome everyone. Today we are blessed to be joined by Jason Staten. He is the pastor of Living Hope Church in Great Mills, Maryland, and he is a founder and CEO of Fountain, along with being an amazing preacher. We had a great conversation about his life and ministry. He shared his advice for young people who feel the call to ministry. We talked about leadership, the future of Fountain, and why a place like Fountain exists, along with much more. Before we get to the conversation, I wanted to share this review with you all that we received on Apple Podcasts. It comes out of the United States and it says, I recently found this podcast through Instagram because of their collaboration with Agape Design Co. I love this podcast so much. It covers a wide range of topics and I leave every episode with actionable advice for my ministry, relationships, or daily living. I constantly send episodes to friends and it is to the point where they are now listening to the show as well. Well, thank you, Sarah, for leaving us that great review and for sharing the podcast with your friends. It is always a blessing to hear that you all share this with others. Also, shout out to Agape Design Co, who designed our merch, and they are an amazing follow on Instagram, so make sure to check them out. As you're currently listening, you're probably not following. Following us is the best way to stay connected and not miss an episode. To follow us on Apple Podcasts, look to the top right for the plus sign. Also, subscribe to us on YouTube to check out our video content. Now, let's get to the conversation. welcome to the podcast thank you for joining us this evening
0: hey, thank you I'm excited to uh, be able to be a part of it appreciate the invitation
1: yeah it's great to have have you on and um, looking forward to the conversation uh, here this evening I like to start out all these conversations by uh, our audience getting to know the, the guests a little bit so there are plenty that listen to the podcast who would know you uh, but for those who may not if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit about your background, uh, how you've come about, your worldview, that sort of thing. Sure.
0: All right, so uh, I'm a uh, missions planter, uh, North American missions, I guess more specifically, home missions, church planters, uh, child. So I grew up, uh, up until seven years old, We, my dad pastored a church plant that he had started in Sedona, Arizona, which is all the way over on the West Coast. And then uh, at seven years of age, moved us all the way across to the East Coast and planted a church here in Maryland. And um, so, yeah, we, we started the church in our living room and then it kind of grew to a basement of a house that we had moved into. And then from there expanded into a building. And uh, actually I, I pastor that church now. I've pastored that uh, church for 16 years uh, that I grew up in. So yeah, most of my life has been spent, um, you know, around, in and around church planting and growing the church. Um, you know, so obviously that shaped a lot of my worldview. I uh, spent a couple years, uh, one term in the uh, uh, United States Air Force in the military. And uh, out of high school, I, I actually did a semester at IBC and in, uh, Indiana Bible College, then went into the Air Force from there. And while I was in the Air Force, met my wife she was not in the military. Her dad was the assistant pastor at the church that I attended. And, uh, yeah, then we moved back here after I got out of the military and uh, started working in the church here locally. Um, so, you know, very, I guess patriotic, but also, uh, certainly being around the church planting, um, world has pretty much shaped my worldview. Um, as far as, you know, some of the, um, Interests, I guess, if you would want me to get into that a little bit, you know, I, I growing up, I played a lot of sports, um, baseball, basketball, a little bit of football, um, you know, li- like to be athletic, obviously, as I've gotten older, that's diminished quite a bit. But I, I do still <laughs> start. I try to get into the gym and stay in shape as best I can. In fact, I was telling my wife last night, I need to find like a old man's basketball league or something because I feel myself <laughs> wanting to just sit on the couch and not go out and exercise. So I need to do something to get myself jump-started again.
1: Yeah, n- nothing like competition to, to get the juices flowing, you know? Absolutely. Uh, it's a lot easier. Like for me, I do running, and I'm the fittest when I've signed up for races. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, over here, a lot of the races in Australia are done on Sundays. <laughs> it's, uh-huh. They're like, uh, yeah, we don't care about Saturdays, so – um, that's that's typically youth sports is Saturdays and then you got the running events on Sunday. So I don't get to do many, but yeah, when you have something to aim for it and you got a competition going, that, that really helps you out for sure. Yeah,
0: yeah absolutely. I, I did a lot of that, you know, growing up, but now that I'm getting older, it's just uh, sounds more fun to sit in a chair and. <laughs>
1: Do nothing. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> For sure. Oh, man. I didn't know that about uh, your Air Force background. That's really cool. W- where were you stationed?
0: Uh, New Mexico. So that's also mm. over on the West Coast, just actually just north of Arizona. So,
1: yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, um, obviously, you're talking about how much uh, your parents, your dad, his calling really shaped you uh, when it comes to ministry, that sort of thing. But when did you? Uh, have that moment? Did you have that moment where it was not just something your dad was doing, your family was doing, but there was that moment where you felt the call uh, into ministry, into a a deeper walk with God?
0: Initially, um, one thing that I think my dad and mom did very well, which they were great parents, so there's nothing they didn't do well. But one thing I think they did extremely well was they always involved us in ministry. Um, You know, I played the drums when I was started out, like when I was eight years old, um, went to Bible studies with my dad. So I was always involved in ministry and I I can remember like a youth camp in particular. Um, I think I was 12 or 13 and I can remember kind of the spot, you know, where I was standing when I felt that initial call. Um, you know, I think maybe at that point though, it was still kind of, you know, I'm doing this because dad's a preacher. Uh, But I would say more specifically, probably when I was in the military, you know, I had uh, toward the uh, latter end of just after graduating from high school, I was still going to church, but it kind of just um, didn't have a lot of purpose in my life, was making some really bad decisions, Um, you know, just really not a lot of motivation and my, my walk with God was also suffering. And so anyway, when I went in the military, I can remember one night, you know, in boot camp, uh, it's a, it's a pretty rude awakening. You know, when you go in the military, everything changes. <laughs> and, uh, I can remember waking up in the middle of the night, you know, 50 other guys are asleep in these couple of rooms that we we're in, you know, big open, uh, dorms and, uh, just waking up in the middle of the night, nobody else is awake and just having a conversation with God that, uh, you know, I'm here now and i Mom and dad aren't here to check up on me. Uh, I can do anything I want, but, you know, I'm, I'm choosing now that I'm going to follow you, that I'm going to serve you. And I'm not saying from that moment on I was perfect, but I think it was that moment that I made up my mind that I was going to answer the call that God had placed on my life.
1: Mm, yeah, it's awesome. And, and so what advice would you give uh, someone who is wanting to take those next, step, next steps towards ministry where it's... Um, it's not just something like if they grow up in church, it's not just something their family does or, you know, maybe they're, they're new to their relationship with God, but they're f- feeling a call to something deeper. What sort of advice would, would you give them?
0: Uh, you know, I think the first thing this is probably pretty basic, but, you know, make yourself accountable to your pastor, you know, talk to your pastor about it. Um, for several reasons. One, you know, uh, is that the, your pastor is going to have some insight on that but i think more importantly not not just so that your pastor can say no you don't really have a call or yeah i confirmed that but more so you know once you tell that that person that spiritual authority in your life that hey i feel the call well now that's going to make you accountable so now the pathway that you're on is going to have to match up with what you're you know with what you've said you're you're going to be so i think. Talking to spiritual authority, making making yourself accountable to them is first and foremost. Uh, and then, you know, again, just basics, and that that being, you know, get your 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 uh, disciplines, your your spiritual disciplines in order: prayer, uh, reading the scripture, daily devotions, studying the Word of God. Obviously, if you have the opportunity to go to a Bible school or um, you know take some classes online. Uh, if you've got a pastor who's able to pour into you and train you that way, I'm not, I don't think Bible school is the only pathway, but certainly sure. I would say, you know, just like with any other pathway you're going to take, if you're going to be serious about it, you want to dive in and, and start putting kind of the tools in your tool bag so you can be ready to, uh, to do that. And then obviously the third thing I would say is who you surround yourself with. Uh, if, you, if you're serious about ministry, if you know you have a call on your life, then you need, to, you need to surround yourself with others who are kind of on that pathway. Uh, so those would be the basic things that I would say.
1: Yeah, I like that last bit. Obviously, all of it's good, but that last bit uh, is so important. You see so many uh, people trip up because of the, the people they surround themselves with, and, and uh, they, they want to be serious. They want to go deeper, but it's just like they got those other forces that are sort of pulling them. And obviously we don't want to isolate ourselves to the point where we're not relatable and we don't have relationships because, you know, as we're walking into ministry, we want to be making disciples, teaching Bible studies, that sort of thing. But uh, it's definitely important that there's people moving in the right direction, the the ones that are closest to you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, the statement that I've heard said is, you know, if you show me your five closest friends, I'll show you your future. Um, Yeah. So I think that's, you know, definitely a, a, a big contributing factor that needs to be taken seriously if you're going to pursue ministry.
1: And so you started following the call of God and, and uh, went on this journey. Ultimately, as you said, you've become the uh, senior pastor of the, you said the church that your father planted, Living Hope?
0: Yep. Yes, sir.
1: And you guys are based about an hour outside of washington dc is that right
0: yep yeah we're about an hour south of dc and um yeah about an hour south of dc and uh yeah depending on traffic you know it could be an hour it could be two hours depending on traffic Uh, but yeah (laughs) beautiful we're right down on the chesapeake bay which um you know we're surrounded on three sides by water Uh, But it's gorgeous and beautiful. You know, we get four seasons, so we get the fall, you know, beautiful fall colors, and then we get the uh, pretty decent winter. We don't get as much snow as they do north of us, but we do get a pretty decent winter and then Mm. a beautiful spring. Spring around here is gorgeous, and then summer is hot and humid. So we get – I love that. I love all four seasons, and we get that here. So,
1: Yeah, the the only time I've ever been to D.C. was uh, in November. (laughs) It was moving to winter, and it was like, I think, Uh, it was below freezing or right around probably below freezing the whole time we were there and we were walking, you know, between the monuments. It was brutal. (laughs) Yeah.
0: That's miserable.
1: I've heard the summers are are pretty rough uh, in that part of the world. Is that, is that true?
0: A lot of humidity, Uh, you know, Mm. it's hot, but so like last week I was in California and it was 103 degrees, but it didn't, like here at 90 degrees, I would say it feels hotter here at 90 degrees than it does there at 103 degrees just because the humidity is so high. So just you walk outside and you're sweating immediately when you walk outside.
1: Yeah, and, and I enjoy following you you guys online. I subscribe to uh, your preaching podcast. And, um, you know, always uh, it's a revival church. You've got great growth. Uh, what has been the catalyst for, for your growth as a church?
0: Well, I would say a couple things. One, um, I don't know that we did this intentionally, but it's kind of become that we are a, a sending church. So mm-hmm. we're, we're a military town as well, military base here, uh, Navy base. And so in fact, in the last month and a half, we've had six families leave here, um, You know, we've got people from out of our church that are missionaries now. We've got people out of our church that are um, several pastors that have come out of our church. So I think our growth is not just here locally, but we've also been able to kind of grow globally in our, um, you know, I'm not saying I take credit for all that, but our our reach has expanded beyond Mm -hmm. here local. Uh, As far as, you know, our growth here locally, I think some of the things that we can attribute that, um, I think my strength is more like structure, organizational structure, uh, developing leaders. Um, and my dad, my dad's, uh, he's evangelism. You know, my dad is a Bible study teaching mm-hmm. machine. Uh, he's planted multiple churches. You know, my dad, he's the guy that if he sits next to you on the airplane, you know, you might as well take your headphones off because he's going he's to talk to you. So you might as well just not try to avoid him because he's going to talk to you. And I mean, he prays people through in airports, on airplanes That's just who he is. So I think it's the combination. You know, he kind of embedded that into the DNA of the church. And then I kind of came behind that and put some structure to it. And he's actually back with us now. Um, So he's more the bishop. Now the church in D.C. that he left 16 years ago to go plant when I became the pastor. He's kind of turned that over to another pastor now. So he's here more. So we're kind of getting that fresh push of evangelism that he brings. So we're seeing some pretty exciting growth right now.
1: That's awesome. And that and the fact that you guys work so well together. That's that's really cool. I, I noticed just by visiting your website how structured you are. (laughs) I'm involved in church administration here. And so I was seeing like, uh, you know, the different structures that you have for your church, the the path that that you have guests following, uh, how clearly stated it is. It's really cool. And definitely something that, that more churches uh, can lean into that that sort of structural side of the process of church growth. Uh, Because, you know, sometimes we, we just over-spiritualize it and the church is just going to grow because God wants it to grow. And I guess to some degree, but it's, it can grow uh, a, a lot, um, I guess maybe better or faster if we put that stru- those structures around.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, the, the, I mean, you can grow, but the structure I think kind of helps it to be sustained growth. And uh, mm. yeah. So And I will say this, I'm, I'm one of my greatest strengths I think is that I, I'm a, I observe. So everywhere I go, I'm learning things and I'll sometimes maybe to a fault, you know, I think sometimes when I come back home from being out, our leaders are like, oh no, you know, he's been, (laughs) what are we, what are we getting ready to implement now? So I've had to tone that down over the years. But you know, if I, if I'm at a church and I see that they're doing something, that's great. I'm. You know, I'm not ashamed to to, and I'll ask the pastor and let him know what I'm doing. But, you know, we'll so we're probably a collection of a lot of great things that other churches are doing. To be honest,
1: yeah, I'm laughing because my pastor is similar, <laughs> and and because I've worked with him for so long, I'm somewhat similar. When I'm I'm always looking, oh, what are they doing? What's happening here? Yeah, you always have to have your eyes peeled for for something, absolutely, uh, a, a fresh way of looking at things. But. Yeah. So, along with uh, pastoring and, and preaching, you know, you're a well-known preacher throughout the organization, preaching some large events and conferences. You also have a passion for leadership, uh, and so how would you best describe your leadership philosophy?
0: Yeah, uh, you know, I thought a lot about this question since uh, you kind of, you know, sent me some prompts as to what we we're going to be talking about. And this is the one that I've probably thought about the most, you know, there's obviously, as you study leadership, there's different terms they put on there. And I guess transformational leadership would be the style. But if I could put it into words, um, you know, I I read a book here recently, it's actually a business book. And it's called 10x is easier than 2x. And the the beginning illustration that the book starts with is um, Michelangelo's sculpting of David. And I think the reason I share that story is because I think it personifies the way I view leadership. Like he looked at that marble and he saw David and then he began to work to, I think the word he used was, you know, I saw David in the stone and then I worked to remove all the stuff and set him free. So I cut away all the excess so that this, what the image that I saw could actually be other people could see it. And I think that's my, you know, I think as a leader, I want to look at everybody I see and see their potential, but then work to develop that potential. All right, because I think it's—I think we're setting ourselves up for failure if we just see everybody for how great they can be, but then we don't do the work it takes to get them to that point. So I would say, you know, I don't know that that's really there's a leadership philosophy for that, but I, that's personally me. I want to see the best in everybody. But then I want to do the hard work it takes to develop that best. Um, and, and I think everybody can become, you know, again, if we believe that God created humanity, then we have to believe that every person has purpose and every purpose, every person has uh, greatness within them. And that's my job as a leader is to help them to see what I see. Because what I find is a lot of people you sit down with and you tell them what you see and they're like, "I don't. I, what, what are you talking about? I don't see all of that. So the the greatest challenge is helping them to see their potential, and then working with them to develop that potential.
1: Yeah, and, and you talk about leadership stuff all the time, like, uh, and we'll get to it in a moment. But you've got um, some series that you have on on the Fountain platform, and you've got a podcast that, that you had for a while. Um, and so I know this is going to be a challenge. This next question, uh, but uh, if if you were only allowed to give one piece of advice to a leader, what would that be?
0: Oh, uh, you know, I would say, I would say stay hungry. Um, you know, don't ever, don't ever get to the place where you think you've arrived. Just stay hungry, because I've found that my, you know, for me personally and others, you, you may be in the pursuit of, uh, you know, you may be on a path pursuing one thing. And it may lead you to something totally different, but that only happens when you're in forward motion. Um, Mm -hmm. You you know, God can just amaze you with, you know, like like we're gonna talk about fountain in just a minute. That was the result of me pursuing something completely different. But I believe that God ordained my steps that it would be, I I didn't even know what fountain was. It wasn't even an idea in my mind, but because I was pursuing growth and pursuing doing something, it led me to this other path. So I would just say that. Stay hungry.
1: Yeah. Well, that leads us right into uh, another bit of what we wanted to talk about here today. Selfishly, I wanted to have you on just to talk about all the other stuff. Uh, but we, we also did want to get to Fountain. Uh, the podcast has, has just um, joined your platform, and so you'll be able to find the Hacker Podcast on there. All future episodes will be on there. So I just wanted to sort of introduce yourself and... Uh, the platform, to my audience. Uh, and you're one of the founders. You're the CEO of Fountain. So what is the idea behind it? And why did you want to to start such a massive endeavor? We've heard already how busy you are. You're pastoring a church. Uh, you've got a family. Uh, you have commitments. You're traveling, doing all these sorts of things. Why did you feel this desire to, to start this platform?
0: Well, first of all, we're excited to have... The Hacker Podcast on Fountain. So that's first and foremost, we're, we're excited to have you on. Um, and I would say a follow-up to that. I think if I would have known how much work it was going to be, I may, I may not have done it <laughs> uh, if I would have known then what I know now. But with that being said, you know, I had created a, a leadership uh, series. I had invested quite a bit of money into the development of this leadership online leadership course. And, you know, when I started to, you know, I I was selling the course one, because I'd invested again, quite a bit of money. I wasn't necessarily trying to get rich off of it. I was just hoping to make my investment back. But what I found was when I'm trying to market this, because it was me, I was the, I was the product, you know, all of my life. I've been this preacher who I've done my very best not to self-promote as a preacher. And then all of a sudden, here I am on the scene saying, hey, I've got this leadership course, you, you need to go get it. And I think it sent, I think a lot of my friends and others were kind of like puzzled by what was going on. And it was very hard to find my, the audience, right? There's not like one place where the Apostolics are hanging out where you can say, hey, here's content that's for the Apostolic Church without it sounding like self-promotion. So yeah, I know, yeah, I've got followers on Instagram, Facebook, but when I started promoting it, I think it raised some eyebrows because people are like, this isn't Jason, you know, this isn't the same guy we know. And so that kind of started me on a path. Um, And then of course, Nate Whitley and I started talking and he was kind of going through a similar um, experience. He had also um, done done an online course, also written some books and he was trying to market it. And I think he was getting some of the same results and some mm-hmm. of the same frustrations, in, in that, you know, hey, we we create these resources to help people, but you know, one, it's not selling, okay? Um, because I think people are looking at it, our marketing, SL promotion. Uh, so anyway, that kind of started us down the pathway of conversation about what can what can we as what can him and I do to solve this problem that him and I were facing. And then I think a third element that would play into it was, you know, I'm, I'm also uh, James Wilson's pastor. And so James has, uh, I know the amount of money he's put into creating his albums. I also know that he's been, um, kind of, uh, approached by mainstream Christian record labels, asking him to sign with them. And, you know, I advised him not to, because I know once he does that, then they own him pretty much. And they, if they tell him to go sing at you know, such and such church, he has to do that well then. You know, if he, which I know where James stands, I'm, I know that James is solid, but, you know, with throughout our movement, if they see him singing on certain stages, they're going to question where he stands. And then, which I've always known that James is a better, you know, his greater calling is to be a preacher. And so I tried to advise him, James, don't do things in your music career that are going to limit your preaching calling, your preaching anointing. Anyway, so I know if he signs with these record labels, you know, I know the path that's going to happen. And so I I said, my thought is, okay, number one, we got James, or Nate and I, who are saying, how do we find the audience, the the apostolic audience without it looking like self-promoting? And then secondly, how can we help people like James and our great apostolic, you know, that's just music. We have so many great content creators, whether that's music or animated kids content or podcasts there's we haven't even scratched the surface of the of the ability that's in the apostolic community and where can we create a place where there's an apostolic audience to where now we can bring these content creators on and they meet each other and they're not having to self-promote you know you have an audience that there to get good apostolic content and the content creators are there and it's a win for everybody so that's kind of the journey that led us so nate and i started having conversations about it And then obviously it was like, hey, we're not the only ones facing this problem. There's a lot of other people that have great content. How can we help them too? And that kind of snowballed into us bringing other people into the conversation. And it became Fountain after about a year and a half of conversation.
1: Uh, That's such a good point about the um, marketing and (laughs) self-promotion. Because I felt... I. I experienced similar things, like a lot of us who sort of get into this, we're, we're not doing it because um, of pride or anything like that, but it's because you, you see a void, like for that's that's how I got into podcasting, I saw a void, yeah. I had relationships with people that were great leaders, I wanted to share that with a wider audience, yeah. and um, yeah, and it always feels awkward when you're pushing yourself forward. In fact, I almost never self-promote. Uh, sometimes through my like social pages, that's about it. Um, but in my mind, I'm like, well, I'm promoting the podcast, not promoting me. And so I think that's really cool that with Fountain, you know, you're promoting the platform, and then the platform just happens to have all of these different content creators who are working and, and putting content together to serve the church, to serve uh, the body of Christ. Yes, sir. So uh, we announced last week, as, as I mentioned, that we're joining it, uh, joining Fountain. And there's you're adding a, a number of other uh, creators. You already have a bunch on the platform. You're adding um, some more. Uh, but for those uh, who may be new to Fountain or might be checking it out for the first time, uh, what could they find over there? What sort of content could they find? I know you've got your series called Raising the Bar. You also have a like a podcast, a live stream that you do. I think Entrepreneur's Angle, is that right? Yes, and then there's a there's a a host of other things over there.
0: Yeah, so we're uh, this you know our most recent additions would be yourself and then Adam Shaw is going to be bringing uh, the restorationist in some manner onto uh, Fountain and then actually tomorrow we're going to be welcoming ten new content contributors. Um, In fact, I'm tonight was just reviewing some of the applications that have come in and it's pretty incredible. The, I mean, all the way from people that are fashion designers, like that have done fashion shows in Hollywood, uh, modest, apostolic, you know, modest clothing. Um, You know, we got some of that. We've got, anyway, I I could go on all night about the diversity of content that we're going to be able to offer. Mm. Um, Yeah. So the podcasters, uh, we're one of the big projects that we're working on right now. That's you know, some of this—if we had millions of dollars, we could overnight do some things. We don't. We're, we're kind of bootstrapping this thing as we go, and so you know, it's taking a little bit longer. But we're working with some really talented animators, and uh, we're, we're working to create kind of a short animated children's movie. When I say short, I mean real short, like five to ten minutes. But we want to show—we <laughs> want to show the apostolic community what we can do, not what we—what they mm-hmm. can do. Because what we found is even when Fountain launched, we started having people contact us saying, "Hey, I've got this, this gift, this ability, and I, ha- I haven't known where I can use that, but I, I want to help." And so, you know, we've compiled some of them, but we feel like if we can put this animated short video out there, that's you know apostolic based kids content. You don't have to worry about any advertising or anything else that's going to be negative. If we can showcase that. I think it's going to bring others out of the woodwork that are going to say, "Whoa, I I have an ability that I can help create, you know, great kids content as well." So there's children's content on there right now. There's uh, content for ladies. There's my wife does a cooking show. Um, you know, entrepreneurs. We're getting ready to do a series right now uh, on just really basic, walking people through if you want to be an entrepreneur. You know, just the basics of how to do that, how to you know get set up as a Uh, what tax bracket you want to get into. And obviously some of that will be different here in the United States than it might be for over there. But yeah. So, I mean, really there's no limit to the kind of content that is on there and that's getting ready to expand pretty dramatically over the next few months.
1: Yeah. And and you've got like just normal entertainment type content, like there's golfing vlogs. I I saw uh, someone's doing a bit of a, is that a hunting show? Yeah. Uh, I think I saw that on there. There's, There's a whole bunch. So, uh, and the cool thing about Fountain is there's a seven-day free trial, so if you're interested, if, if this conversation has piqued your interest at all, you should hop over there, uh, take a look at it, and, and see uh, if you want to be involved. And the cool thing is is like you're supporting people who believe what you believe and have a passion uh, to minister to people. When you're joining Fountain, when you're uh, becoming part of this platform, you're helping a lot of other apostolic uh, ministries, uh, get their feet on the ground, you know?
0: Yeah. And, and that's one thing I'll add is, you know, we are a subscription based platform. It, mm-hmm. it is seven day free trial. Absolutely. And, you know, certainly come in and try it out. If you don't, if, if you aren't ready to make that commitment, you can cancel. That's why we have it. However, if you do subscribe, um, know this, that, uh, about half of the revenue that we bring in, first of all, obviously we have expenses that we have to cover. Um, that's a good portion of it's going there, but about half the revenue we're, we're putting back into Apostolic Content uh, creators. So, uh, for example, in the 11 months that we've been uh, live as a platform, we've given over, I think it's over $33,000 back out to Apostolic Content Creators. And, you know, our my vision is, you know, if we could get to 20, 30,000 subscribers, um, you know, I'd love to be giving out. You know, seventy thousand dollars a month to apostolic content creators. We would—I mean, that's our vision for this—to where James Wilson, you know, or whomever is saying, "Hey, I want to create this album." Well, hey, you don't have to go get a a, a, a record label. We're going to help you finance that through the money that you make through Fountain, to where you can go create and 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 you don't have—you know—you don't belong to somebody else. You can still remain mm-hmm. true to your calling. So that's. You know, just know that that your money is going to support these apostolic content creators.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I did want to mention one uh, final thing uh, in regards to the podcast. The cool thing about the app uh, I was noticing is that on your phone, if you're listening to a video, watching a video, and let's say you're watching it, and then you got to go somewhere, you can't really uh, watch it, but you can continue to listen. You can actually listen to it outside the app. So once you leave the app, it continues to play, which, which is, which is awesome. You know, it's not like YouTube where you have to, <laughs> yeah. uh, you have to subscribe again, uh, to, to get that, to continue to play. So whether that's music, yeah. if you, uh, there's prayer music on there, there's, um, you know, uh, artists like Draylon Young and James Wilson release songs there early. So you can listen to that, um, and go into other apps, scroll through different things. While, while continuing to listen to a podcast or to a conversation or, or whatever it is that you, you find on there. Um, I wanted to ask you this question. I ask everyone who comes on the podcast this one. And again, we're seeing um, the diversity of how God is using you and, and how you're a blessing to the kingdom. But what is it that drives you when it comes to ministry? What is it that is that driving force for you?
0: Oh, man. you know I, I do think it ties back into what I said earlier, and that is seeing people reach their potential. Seeing people, um, you know, you watch people come into church and they're decimated by sin. You know, it's like a, a, a lump of gold or, or a diamond that's covered by, you know, just maybe not recognizable. The value of it is recognizable because it's just covered by filth and dirt. And you see people walk in and they're bound by addiction and, 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 and then watching the process of god deliver them from those addictions change their life and then just the potential of of watching people become what god created them to be i think that's really my what drives me is is seeing people not just delivered and set free not just saved that's awesome but becoming you know that that great thing that god created them to be that great calling that is on their life, watching that come to fruition. I think that's what drives me.
1: Amen. Well, it's been awesome having you on the podcast. Thank you again for providing your time this evening and for talking to us uh, about Fountain. Uh, It's been a blessing for me to uh, have a chat with you and to talk about ministry and the thanks of God. And so grateful for your time. I do like to finish all these conversations by giving our guests the opportunity to uh, leave a closing word with the audience. So whatever the Lord has laid on your heart, uh, specifically for this audience, thank you so much again for your time here today.
0: Yeah. I, you know, I think I'm just going to kind of stay in alignment with what I, some of the things I've already said is, it is my heartbeat and my passion. And that is, you know, don't, um, you know, we live in a world today through social media and other things It can be, you know, we, we are always comparing ourselves with others. And, uh, One thing that I find is when I compare myself with others, you can become really discouraged. You can, you know, I'll never be like that person. I'll never be them. But, you know, don't give up on what God has called you to be. Don't give up on who God has called you to be. Um, Stay in pursuit of the anointing, the call of God upon your life. Again, I know that's not a super deep thought. You know, I didn't uh, pull out any Greek or Hebrew on you tonight. But, our, you know, the world today needs a, it needs the church. It needs the church to be powerful. It needs the church to be confident, uh, not, not self-confident, but confident in the calling, confident in the anointing that is upon us, confident in the power of the word of God. And so, you know, it, it, it needs on every continent, whether that's in Australia or United States, um, every continent, every nation needs the church to be powerful right now. And the church is only as powerful as the individuals within the church, right? We're, we're one body, but we're made up of many members that are fitly framed together. And so you, you it's important that you as the individual become everything that God called you to be, created you to be. Don't give up on yourself. Uh, don't don't get apathetic. Don't get lazy. Don't get tired. All right. Continue to, to strive for all that God has called you to be. Uh, So, yeah, that's that's what I would say to the uh, audience that that's listening whenever you're listening is, you know, there is greatness within you. Don't let the enemy don't let past failure. Don't let your comparison don't let any of those things convince you. Otherwise, there is a great calling upon your life. One thing that I've shared over uh, the past several years since I found this, I, I, I think I read it somewhere. I probably should give credit where it's due, but I don't remember where it was. Um, So I'll go ahead and share it as an, as a, I'll just say somebody else. It wasn't my idea, but if you look at a, a, in the United States, a nickel, right? If you look at that nickel on uh, the tail side of that nickel, uh, there is the, on there, the emblem of Monticello, which was the uh, Thomas Jefferson, one of our founding fathers was uh, that was kind of his home, right? Monticello. But right beneath that, it says five cents. That's the value that's on that nickel. Uh, however, if you if you go to the uh, United States Treasury and you begin to do some study, you find that to, to make that nickel, it actually cost about 12 cents. All right, So the the value that's on that nickel says it's only worth five cents. But what it took to make that nickel, it's really worth 12 cents. And I think the same applies to us that so many times we allow people to put identities on us that we're worth this much and and things that happen to us. Can put a label on us that we're worth this much, that we've been devalued by what we've been through. But when we consider the blood of Jesus and what it takes to make us who we are, to to renew us, we're way more valuable than the identity that this world tries to place on us. So, you know, I, I think that don't value yourself through the lens of what you've been through or who you are or what other people say you are. Look at yourself through the lens of, hey, Jesus, Jesus shed blood for you. Right? He laid down. If if there were nobody else, it was just you. If you were the only human being alive, Jesus would have gone to the tr- gone to the cross. He would have laid down his life. He would have shed blood for you. That's how valuable you are. You're 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 worth the blood of Jesus. So, yeah, I think that that's kind of what I felt to share tonight.